Mark chapter 7, from verse 24 onwards. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. For a young woman, for a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. I'm going to read this one more time. Mark chapter 7, verse 24 onwards. From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. It's a very important verse. There are certain times the Spirit of the Lord will say, I don't want anyone to know this. I don't want anyone to know about this. God had a work to do there, but he could not be hidden because Jesus was known. His works were known. He could not be hidden, even though he had a purpose in a plan, it was something that, you know, Jesus was going to do there, which God obviously didn't want others to know about it. But it didn't happen the way, you know, it should have. So when people knew that Jesus was there, a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him and she came and fell at his feet. So people heard about Jesus and they said, oh, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Somebody saw and said, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. So even though Jesus didn't want anybody knowing and he was going to go there and finish his work, all the people, when they heard, they all came. And all those who had needs, they all came. And this woman who had a young daughter who was demon possessed, heard about Jesus and she came and she fell at his feet. Uh, she was so desperate. She came and she fell at his feet. You know, falling at one's feet is uh, connected with worship. Worship. You know, when you look at the um, Eastern, you know, culture, a lot of times people fall at the feet of um, people whom they worship, you know, it could be elders, it could be, you know, their priest, it could be um, whoever in, in authority, whoever it is. Um, they fall at their feet as an act of worship. Now this lady, you know, you see that it's very similar to that, that um, culture where she came to Jesus and she fell at the feet of Jesus. She had such um, reverence and respect for God. She fell at Jesus Christ's feet because she knew that he had the answer for her problem. Worship is very important. It's a gateway to entering into the presence of God. Worship, it may sound very simple and some of you can say, I know that already. But this is very deep. What kind of worship? Not any worship and every worship is acceptable to God. 
worship that really comes with a with a state of humility, utter state of humility, and a total worship to God that He is the omnipotent, He is the omniscient, He is the omnipresent, and we see God for who He is. That means He is the all powerful God. Not like I just come and say, I'm going to worship God and just, you know, sit over there and, you know, cross my legs and say, oh, Lord, I worship you. And just, you know, go home with no reverence for God. I mean, there's nothing wrong, you know, about, you know, crossing your legs. But when it comes to the presence of God, when you want to be in a, an attitude, an atmosphere of worship, at that time, the crossing legs and everything goes. You need to, when you have to stand up and worship God, you need to stand up and worship God. When you need to kneel and worship God, you kneel and worship God. When you're in the presence of God, the awe of God comes upon you. You fall down before God, fall face before God. And you see here, uh, this woman, she was a Greek woman. So she was not a Jew. She was not in the uh, line of lineage of Abraham. She was not in the covenant people, the group of the covenant people. She was not an Israelite. In many different words, we can say that she had no link to Jesus Christ. But she heard of Jesus. And one thing she knew that he has a power to heal my daughter. And she said, I will come to him. I will get what I need to get from him because I know he can and he will. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. He can and he will. For those who believe he can and he will, he will. Do what he can. Our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine. The understanding that this woman had, a woman who was away from the fold of God, a woman who didn't know anything about the living God, she was a pagan. She was a worshiper of idols. But someone told her. She had a big problem. The problem was demonic spirits were tormenting her daughter. She would have gone to all the witch doctors that she had in her lifetime. She would have gone to all the temples there. She could have tried all the priests. Nothing worked. But now she is, being a Greek, coming to Jesus Christ, who is a Jew. And think about that. A person, once they run out of all the options, now they know someone else can't do this for my child. She says, I'm ready to go anywhere, do anything, so that my child can be set free. That desperation is the gateway, gateway of receiving that which God has. So the desperation has to be there. 
And that desperation has to lead a person to acknowledge the power of God, which should lead a person to utter state of knowing, to a state of knowing their inability to do anything when it comes to that particular thing. I want to repeat it. We need to have the desperation or a person who is looking for a miracle should have desperation complete desperation, which should lead a person to acknowledging, admitting the power of God, which is able to do that which we cannot do. So we need to come to a place where we have to understand that I really can't do this. I really don't have the power for this. And I really cannot do this. We have to come to a place where we say, I cannot do this, but he can do this. And so, when I know I can't and he can, I have to come to a place, how much do I want it? Very similar to what God spoke to us on Sunday. Is it important to you? Is your child important to you? Is your spouse important to you? Is your soul important to you? When you see affliction around you, when you see affliction within you, when you see affliction right next to you, when you see affliction everywhere you turn, does the affliction that you're seeing, is it, is the affliction leading you to a place of desperation? Only when you come to a place of desperation will you actually look for a solution. If the desperation is not there, you can be sitting there in a state of complacency, even though you know that it's not the best place for you to be in. It's like the prodigal son. Even though everything was gone until... He went to the pigsty and the famine hit. So that made him realize, oh boy, the people there, my father's house, they have servants there. They have a better life than I do. The Syrophoenician woman knew that none of her physicians, none of her people, none of her priests, none of her gods had the power to deliver heal her daughter she also believed that that which she does not have can come and will come from this Jesus who is a Jew I pray that you understand what God is speaking at this hour because it is deep a place coming to a place of understanding your lack is very important and your inability to fill that lack is very important there Apart from me, I can do, apart from him, I can do nothing. It's something that has to be understood within a person's core of his being. You have to. She understood that. She understood this cannot be found in my zone, that it can be here. So once she had that realization, said, I'm going to switch from this side to this side. I looked all over here. I couldn't find anything. 
couldn't find what I wanted. But from here, I can see there, someone is telling me, kind enough, very kind enough to let me know that. There's hope on the other side. There's hope on the other side. Just cross over. There's hope on the other side. And she said, even though there's hopelessness everywhere on this side, because I know there's hope on the other side, I'm not going to say I didn't find hope here, so I don't believe you. But she said, there's no hope on this side, but I believe that there is hope on the other side. God is speaking to our hearts today. No matter what your experience is, no matter what you've experienced before, no matter how bad it was, and no matter how impossible looking it has been, God says this. Are you willing to cross over? You're a Greek. You have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. But are you willing to cross over? Do you believe that God can do with the impossible? There are some people who sit where they are sitting and they'll say, well, I believe God can do all things. Yeah, God can do all things. Stay where you are. How come nothing happened so long? Move to where God is working. Being where you are, if you see God is there, he is working, but it's not working for you when you're not getting anything, then move to where God is working. Someone was involved in this woman's life. Someone who was under the covenant. Someone who belonged to the people of God. Obviously, he reached out to this Greek woman to let her know, hey, I see your suffering. I see your daughter suffering. This Jesus of Nazareth can heal your daughter. God is asking you this question. Are you able to see that? Are you able to see how you can be a blessing in the life of another person? Can you see the suffering of someone? Oh, we're so consumed with ourselves. We're all the time crying over what we have and what we don't have and what we have and I don't like what we have and I wish I had that. Or are you able to look beyond yourself and see the suffering of the next person and say, I want to be someone who can help that person. Not because I want to feel good about it, but because I really care. Do you really care? The commandment of God, very important commandment of God, uh, Jesus always brings it up when he speaks about the commandments of God is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and That's the first one. And the next one that comes right after that is love your neighbor as yourself. That loving God and loving people, they go hand in hand. Loving God and loving people, they go hand in hand. If we truly love God, we will truly love people. Both Jew and Gentile. I mean, both people who are in the body of Jesus and people who are not in the body of Jesus will have that concern saying that, oh, as Jesus said, there are sheep that are not yet in this fold that my father will bring in. They have to come in. They're outside. They have to come in. God is speaking to your hearts today. As much as we sing, Lord, let me be a blessing. We must be people who will do something about those who are in sorrow. Those who are immersed in bondages. It is important. The person who went to this 
Greek woman and told her about Jesus and the ministry of Jesus Christ really did a good job. Really did a good job. That person did such a good job that this Greek woman, though she was not within the fold of God, she completely believed. She was so convinced that when she brings her daughter there or when she brings her daughter to Jesus Christ, by her being in the presence of Jesus, her daughter can be made whole. Never think that, oh, this is, I don't think this person will listen. I don't think that person will listen. If if the people who went and gave her the good news of this healer who is here, who can heal her daughter, if they would have just thought that, oh, she is Greek and, you know, she's not going to come to a Jew and, and this is not going to happen, then this woman wouldn't have had the healing for her daughter. Don't look at people and say that I'm not going to go minister to them. I'm not going to give the word to them. I'll go to this people. I'll go to that people. No. You need to be people who go to every single person that God leads you to. And be the good news bearer. Just go and tell them there is this Jesus of Nazareth who is still alive and he is in our church working. Bring your people. Bring your people who are afflicted. Come and see. You see here, this woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth. And she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. So she's coming to Jesus and Jesus had his work to do. That means Jesus had a plan already from God. And Jesus Christ was there to do that which he had to complete. But now there's an intrusion here. All of a sudden, this woman comes and she keeps asking, oh, you know, you know, my daughter is like this and deliver her from the demon possession. Keep on asking. She kept asking. That means she didn't stop. While Jesus is in the middle of something. Continues to keep asking. Verse 27 says this. Jesus said to her, let the children be first, filled first. For it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. He is giving an answer here. His answer was, I have a job here to do. Let me get that done first. Without finishing this, turning and doing that is not going to be good. That's not the right priority. Jesus Christ is emphasizing his priority here while he is talking to her. Does it mean that he wasn't going to do that which she was asking Christ for? No. There's something that Jesus was trying to bring out of her. If you look at Jesus, and if you look at the Gospels, you will see Jesus healed the Roman centurion's servant. Jesus healed many people with many diseases, both the Jews and Gentiles. So when you look at the scripture, if you don't read the rest of the Gospels, you can just think that, what is this? You know, Jesus is just saying that he's going to be just ministering to these people, but this woman has a need. He says that. Oh, it's not good to give the children's meat to, to you. 
And so he's giving her the signal that he's not going to heal her. No, that's not what Jesus was saying. It is important to know that when God gives us a priority, it's important to focus on that priority. Very important. Like if we have something to do, if we are scattered all over, we're not going to get anything done. It's important to focus. That means if God has given us a job to do, that is our main focus. And Jesus Christ clearly shows his priority here. What needs to get done? In the midst of all of that, if he sees faith, he turns and he responds to that person with faith. Otherwise, everything else will become a drain. Even going to the Samaritan woman and Jesus actually staying there for three more days in, in a place which is not a Jewish place and with people who were not Jewish, he just stayed there and he ministered to them. He just poured out everything for that people shows that Jesus, even during those days, ministered to the Jews and the non-Jews. However, one thing Christ will see, whether person is a Jew or a non-Jew. Do you have faith? If you don't have faith, you'll be wasting his time. And Jesus will not waste his time. If you are sincere, he will spend his time with you. If you're not sincere, then he is not going to waste his time because God has a plan and he had a timeline where he had to finish everything. But God Almighty in flesh is bringing out one point, very important point for us here and for all those who were there at that time by telling her this. Let the children eat first. Or it's not good to take the children's bread and give it to the dogs. So is it right? If your kids don't have food, will you take that and give it to your dog? No. Children come first. I mean, if if that's upside down, something's wrong with you at that point, I would say. Yes, we all love our animals. We all love, you know, the, the creation of God. But human beings, they take priority. If that is upside down, if someone says that, uh, I love my pets so much, you know, if my child doesn't have anything, that's okay. I'm going to go get pet food and, you know, let my kids starve. Something is wrong at that point with that person. Your your affection is in the wrong place and you're off, seriously off. Jesus Christ came with a mission. His mission was to take the people who were under the covenant of Abraham, whose hearts were gone away from the living God, and he has sent John the Baptist to prepare the way to get them ready so that Jesus can come. And he can restore them, who? The covenant people first, back to God. So they can be back in line with God. And also, through Jesus Christ, all those who are not in the covenant, bring them also to that covenant so that they too can become inheritors of the kingdom of God. If you look at the Old Testament, you'll see people like Rahab. You'll see people like Ruth. You'll see many, many people from the Gentile nations who actually became the people of God and also became Prominent people in the kingdom of God. So you see, even before Jesus came, 
God never saw, oh, you're Jew and you're non-Jew. No, one thing he sees, do you have a covenant with me? So it's not a racial thing. It's a covenant thing. Just like anyone born anywhere, to any parents, any race, any religion, God is not going by, are you a Christian by birth? No. God is not going by, are you a Muslim by birth? No. God is not going by, are you a Jew by birth? No. He's looking for one thing. Are you in the covenant relationship with God? The reason why Jewish people are called special people because they are within the covenant of God. Not because they just, you know, simply were born into a race and they're not in a covenant. No, by circumcision, they are within the covenant of God. So that covenant, it's not because, oh, I was born in Israel, so I'm, no. It's not about the location, even though the location is important because God gave that location for them. But the land was given for the people, not the other way around. So what matters the most is our covenant with God. Do we have that covenant with God? If we have that covenant with God, no matter who we are, like Ruth had a covenant with God, even though she was a Moabite, she made that covenant with God to take the God of Israel to be her God. That's it. Just like another Israelite, she also became an Israelite. This is called covenant relationship. And so you look at this, this Syrophoenician woman from Greece did not have that covenant relationship with God. And Jesus is emphasizing one thing here. You don't have that covenant relationship with me. You're not my child. I'm here to feed my children first, which is the right thing to do. There's nothing wrong about it. It is the right thing to do. However, I can help you too when I see faith. And the reason why he does the miracles in the lives of people is because he loves them and he wants them to become his children too. So you look at this woman where she says that, well, I have a need, I have a need, I have a need, I have a need. And Jesus says, let me take care of my children first. But when she answered in a way that touched his heart, that means faith was shown to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did something extraordinary for her. Let's just read this. And there's a prophecy here that God wants to give to us for the month of May. Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Her faith is expressed to Jesus Christ. And she says, I admit who I am. I admit that I don't have a covenant relationship with you. But can you give me something that you give to those who don't have a covenant relationship with you? Can you give me that? She was a very wise woman. She knew that Jesus Christ is a compassionate God. She knew that he had more to give. She knew that even though it was primarily for those who are within the covenant relationship, she said, Lord, give me that which you give to those who are not within that covenant relationship. Then he said to her, 
For this saying, go your way, the demons had gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. For what saying? You can do that. I have a portion too. I have a portion too. As someone who is not within that covenant relationship, you have something for me too. I'll take that. I will take that. What did she take and go? She took with her that what Jesus offered to her. As someone who is not within that covenant relationship, God is speaking to her heart today. Don't be an outsider and come for crumbs. Don't be an outsider and come to the presence of God to receive the crumbs. Healing is good. The suffering of mankind needs to be removed. Important. But if the suffering of the soul is not removed, then it's no good because sickness, they come from sin. Jesus cares for us and Jesus wants us to be healed both in our bodies and in our souls. Bless the Lord of my soul who forgives all our iniquities and heals all our diseases. When Jesus can offer you healing for your soul and for your body, why just come to him just for your body? You want to go to him to get some crumbs? He can give you some crumbs. And because he's very compassionate, he will give you the crumbs. But he will say, after receiving the crumbs, do you want more? Do you want to become my child? You can eat at my table. But if you want to just go home with the crumbs, go home. She had great faith as an outsider, someone who was not under the covenant relationship. She had great faith. She said that I will get the crumbs from you. And she got the crumbs. She got the crumbs from underneath the table. God is speaking to our hearts today. Do you want more than the crumbs? Do you want to sit at the king's table and eat from his table as his royal prince and princess? Then you must abide in him and his words abide in you. It is important to be in the presence of God as his family members. Not as an outsider who'll just come from time to time and just say, I'll take some crumbs and I'll go home. No, don't come for crumbs. Come to eat at his table as his son and as his daughter. The prophecy for the month of May that the Spirit of the Lord is giving to us is very important. Mark this, it's very important. To those who belong to him, God says, you are my priority. You are my priority. Your needs are his priority. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, which includes emotionally, mentally, physically, relationally, financially, spiritually. Soul first, body next. Your soul prospers and your body will prosper. Your body has to prosper so that you can actually be a blessing for God. You can prosper so that others can prosper through you. 
God's promise is, as his child, if you are his child, God says this, I will take care of you. I will attend to you. In this month of May, God says, I will take care of you, good care of you. You are my child. I will take care of you. You are my child. You're at the table. It's important. You can't be a child and just be outside and say, well, I'm outside. Where is my food? No, you have to be at the table. You have to be a child and you have to be at the table. If you are a child and you're at the table in your father's house, the father will feed you. He'll feed your soul and he'll feed your body. He'll feed your family if they're all at the table of the king. God is speaking to our hearts today. How much do we want to be in the family? How much do you want to be at the table? There are some people who say, I am part of the family, but they will never be there at the dinner table. You need to be at the dinner table. You have to be part of the family. And God will feed your soul. God will feed your body. God will feed your family. God will take responsibility for you. God says, you are my priority. In this month of May, God is speaking to you. And he says, you are my priority. You are my priority. For God, you are his priority. Are you making it your priority to be at the table of your father? Are you making it a priority to be at the table of your father? Are you making it a priority to be at the table of your father so that God can feed you? So God can clothe you? God can provide for you so that God can satisfy you. The Bible says, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Who are those people? Who are those people that God will satisfy them with long life and show them his salvation? Who are those people? Those are his people. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore, I will deliver him. Who are the people that God will deliver? Those who set their affection, their love upon God. That means you're in the family and you really love your daddy. You really love Jesus. You really love God the Father. You really love the Holy Spirit, our triune God. I love him. When you set your affection upon him and truly love him, he says, I'll do the best for you. You are my priority. The Word from the Lord for the month of May is, you are God's priority. If you make him your priority, he will take care of everything that pertains to you in this month of May. No matter what happens, where you go, what you do, God will handle your affairs for you. This is the word of God. It's a prophecy. God is speaking. He will handle all your affairs for you if you are at the table of the king. If you make the Lord God your dwelling place, if you make the Lord God your habitation, if you make the Lord God your everything, make him your priority, God says he'll make sure to make you his priority. His children come first. If you are his child, you come first to God. If you make him first in your life, he will make sure that he will make you first in his life. Well, there's nothing more blessed 
There's nothing more glorious than to become God's priority. When God says, you're so important to me, I'll do anything and everything for you. And for such people, before they call, God will answer. God is speaking to her today. This month is a good month, a blessed month, a glorious month. Many good things God has in store for his people. Many good things. I see many good things in the spirit that God has in store for his people. But it is for those who make God their priority. When God becomes your number one priority, your first priority, he says, you become his first priority. When you delight yourself in the Lord, he will delight in you. When he delights in you, you know, all kinds of things will happen. And God says to you today, he loves you and he gives you every good thing because of one reason, because you're his own. As we sang the song Sunday, our God, he's seated on the throne, fighting for his own. He says, you're mine. And he fights for you. When you are his and you make him your priority, he says, you're mine. And he makes you his priority. He will fight for you. He will provide for you. He will rescue you. He will deliver you and he will honor you. When he becomes your priority, you become his priority. He will deliver you. He will delight in you. He will deliver you. He will provide for you. He will honor you. God will rescue you. He will deliver you. They will they both go together. He will provide for you. When he takes pleasure in you, he will provide for you. When he takes pleasure in you, he will protect you. When he takes pleasure in you, he will deliver you. When he takes pleasure in you, he will honor you. In this month of May, God will do all these things to those who make God their priority. And God says, I will look after you like no other. I will look after you like no other. I'll bless you like no other. But God has to come first in your life. He has to become your everything. Then you will become his everything. Shall we close our eyes and look to the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For giving us this time to be in your presence. Thank you for your word that you have spoken to us. You are the Lord God who delights in those who delight in you. You're the Lord God who takes pleasure in those who take pleasure in you. You're the Lord God who does wonders beyond measure for all those who fear you. I pray that you will take this word deep into the spirits of your people. 
that they may not only call themselves as your people, but truly live as your people and be at the table of the king. And I pray, Lord, as someone used by God to let this Syrophoenician woman know that the healer is here. That she was brought to where Jesus was. May your people be such good news bearers to reach all those whom you would bring their path so that they can receive what they should receive, Father, by coming to the house of God, by being in the presence of God. I pray, Holy Spirit, many be drawn from darkness to light through the people who are being raised to be mighty men and women of God in this house of God. I pray that you will strengthen each one. Thank you for this beautiful word that you've given, Lord, that you love those who love you. You take delight in those who take delight in you. And you call those who make you their priority as your first priority. Thank you, Lord, for your word that you've given. That you will protect your people. You will take delight in those who take delight in you and you will protect them, provide for them. You will rescue them and you will honor them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Bless your people, Father. In this new month, may they experience the divine favor of the Lord like never before. May they experience the divine love of the Lord like never before. May they experience the divine kindness of the Lord God Almighty like never before. And I pray may they become good news bearers. Oh Lord, bearers of your truth, bearers of your love, bearers of your compassion. Oh Lord, and winning the lost to your kingdom. Moving people from death to life. Father, with this blessing, I bless them with as your servant standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God. I bless your people that they may flourish before you. Become exceedingly strong in faith. Be at the table of the king. Become a delight to you and be delighted by you. That their provision may be from your hands only. That their protection be of you. And that their honor come from you. With this blessing, I bless your people with. And I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' most precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon us and bless us with his peace.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit, rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.